Welcome to the Success is Subjective podcast series brought to you by ParentTrainers.com presented by Lilly Consulting. I'm your host, Joanna Lilly. In today's episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing Elliot Andre. Elliot's excitement for helping others evolved through his experiences studying abroad, or so he said. I, on the other hand, can't help but think that it might have to do just a little bit with who he is, but then again, who am I to say? It was while studying abroad that he realized the power of self-reflection and authentic self-expression. Several years ago, Elliot obtained a Bachelor's of Arts in Environmental Science and then followed it up by participating in a wilderness survival course that reconnected him with nature. Everything changed, though, in 2016. After a career in the family shoe business, Elliot really decided that he needed to go back and pursue his passion by returning to school and becoming a recreational therapist. His approach to therapy is fun, creative, and extremely collaborative. He finds joy in seeing a client smile as they grow and mature as a person. And as a recreational therapist, he guides clients towards their goals by utilizing leisure-based interventions involving activities such as sports, art, music, and more. Elliot's an awesome human, and I hope you enjoy this interview. Here's Elliot. All right, Elliot, thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah, no problem. Happy to be here. So let's jump right in. Tell me a little bit about where you grew up and the expectations around that may or may not have existed around going to college after high school. I grew up um, in the north side of Chicago in a suburb called Northfield. I definitely was expected to go to high school and then go to college. Absolutely. It was something that there was no question about. That was what I think my parents saw as success at my age and what I wanted to do and where I was at. So did the whole four years of high school that I hated. And <laughs> um, like with, with, with a burning passion, um, never really felt like I fit in. And uh, I thought college was the place to do that. And um, ended up going to college with one of my best friends that kind of dissipated. But um, yeah, it was, it was to the point where your success was defined by what college you went to and, and where you where you found yourself not really taking into account anything that had to do with social or, um, or anything like that. It was just more so academic. So, um, and academia was always hard for me cause I'm dyslexic and I was always a SPAD kid, you know, always in special education and, you know, to put so much pressure on my education at that point was just really, really frustrating to me cause I just wanted to explore myself and live. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> so college, so you went to college with, with your best friend or you just happened to go to the same school with your, your, your friend was there? So we kind of, um, we kind of planned it in that regard to, okay. um, but then that friendship dissipated. <laughs> and now yeah, there is, there, there is no friendship. <laughs> This former high school friend, you chose, yes. did you choose to go to that school because your friend was going to be there? Well, she always had said, you know, like, I'm going to DU. My brother went there. My dad went, like, come visit the school, see what you think. Because at first I was going to go to CU because I fell in love with uh, everything that CU had to offer. And then recognized that if I went to CU, I wouldn't get anything done academically because of the party scene. Knowing myself well enough to know that. I would just dive right into that. So DU kind of sold me on the smaller class sizes, um, you know, their IEP program, 
and just everything that kind of made the essence of a smaller school a lot more obtainable to me. So that was really the push. And then I recognized or didn't even know that one of my closest friends from elementary school is actually going to DU as well. And we ended up living across the hall from each other, which was crazy. Um, but yeah, so. No, I was just going to say, I, I just had this like epiphany type moment where I actually had an identical experience, but this podcast is not about me. This is about you. So <laughs> we're going to have to talk about that later because sure. I rolled into college and I was like, wait, who, what, you know, small world. Right. And you're saying that you grew exactly. up in Chicago, right? North side of Chicago. And now you're going to school, yeah. you know, halfway across the country, which is, you know, right. completely different. So, so you enroll at DU, you're in the IEP program. Is that what you said? Yeah. How, so how was DU for you? What was that experience like? I mean, my, my first year was really good. It was difficult. I didn't really know like what I wanted to do or where I was, but, uh, I think one thing that kind of threw me off was having a girlfriend at one point. So my first two semester, two quarters were great. And then my third quarter was just terrible. Totally just, you know, got C's and everything. And uh, <laughs> my parents weren't too happy about that. But, um, you know, I, I told them I was living, living and growing and learning. <laughs> I, I wanted to pull the, you know, you know, people say B's get degrees. And I was like, C's get degrees. So they, uh, they kind of understood, but there was a moment where they were both like, are you okay? Like, is your mental health okay? Like, where are you? Where do you need to be? Is this the right fit? Like, it was that kind of bullshit, which I think okay. a lot of parents do. A lot of parents do to their kids in regards to like, you know, where they, where they see them and projection of where they actually are. So. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So you're getting C's. What was, you know, the rest of your experience at DU like? Or, or oh, tell me about totally. your journey getting yeah, toward, you yeah. know, getting a degree. Right, right. So the, the next couple of years were great. I think sophomore year, I definitely felt a little bit more comfortable and confident with who I was, what I wanted to do, change my major, that whole situation. And that felt like there was a little bit more community wrapped around uh, the program that I decided to choose. So I went back uh, and decided to go into environmental science rather than biology and the connection and closeness of all the professors there, I think really helped kind of catapult me into the place that I wanted to be. Um, sophomore year, I got to travel a couple times, went to uh, Nicaragua, went to Nicaragua, which was amazing um, for two weeks. And then where else did I go that year? Then I went to Guatemala that year as well, um, took three weeks off of school. I just said, fuck it. And uh, went and traveled to Guatemala, did some research with one of my professors. Um, did I, did I falter and fail at some of my other classes? And I actually failed, but just like, you know, get penalized for that. Sure. But I didn't really care at that point because travel, I think is what, what helped me um, get to the point where I am now in the sense of just like a more worldly view. So it was nice that my professors were able to give me that opportunity, pay for me to go and just kind of enjoy that sophomore year. And yeah, and then, I, uh, I imagine that cultural immersion, not just, you know, you're saying now it's provided you the worldly view, but I imagine back then too, as a like 19, 20 year old, it really opened your eyes. Absolutely. I think it was the best thing that I ever could have done, you know, a sense of, you know, not messing, not messing, not feeling like I messed up in the sense of like my parents were saying, Elliot, like, you know, is this, is this the right thing to do? Like, you're going to be missing so much class. I was like, I got to go live. Like I really realized that. <laughs> so that transitioned into, um, that, trans that transition into my junior year where 
I went and I traveled abroad for uh, um, 16 weeks in India and Southeast, Southeast Asia and really blossomed there because I didn't know anybody. It wasn't a DU affiliated program and I got 36 credits. Oh, dang. Which was amazing. And it was all, yeah, yeah. I got 36 credits for one quarter. So I got to graduate early because of that. But that being said, like that, those trips, you know, if I didn't have the opportunity to go travel and do all those, you know, go to those places that I was, I don't think I would have been able to realize like where I was, where I wanted to be and how I got there. So it was definitely a cultural immersion understanding, you know, all the, all the studies that I did were all in the field. Mm-hmm. So in India, India, I was backpacking, tracking the Himalayas. And then in um, Southeast Asia, we're living, living along the Mekong Delta for, you know, eight weeks. So that in itself, and, and the nice thing about it, I don't know if you caught it from what I was saying earlier until unless I broke up, but um, it wasn't a DU-affiliated program. I didn't know anybody, and I went totally on my own. So that in itself was extremely helpful. Sure. I mean, that, I feel like that, you know, that's one of those experiences that young adults nowadays really need because we really struggle with this, you know, interpersonal relationships. So being able to actually step outside of, you know, really like literally going abroad or even just moving to a new city in the U.S. where you don't know anybody and you're forced to find people. It's like you can, you have the choice to be super lonely, feel really uncomfortable and, and, you know, be isolated or you have to really step outside of your your typical comfort zone to be able to make any type of connection and enjoy the experience yeah i mean that's really what it was it was it was about the experience more so than anything i loved what i learned and i loved that i was able to go travel abroad in some of these countries but you know it was more so about just immersing myself into something that was completely foreign that i think really helped me rise out of you know the kind of stuck feeling that i was in so, um, well, and that's impressive yeah. that you did all of that traveling too, and you still managed to graduate early, which I right, feel right. usually the people that I'm interviewing are talking about the breaks that they took and how it, it stretched their timeline. But for you, sure. you actually cut it short. So what did, you, <laughs> yeah. what did you do after you graduated from DU? Where did life take you? Yeah. So I, so I graduated in, um, a quarter early. March um, of my senior year and in that whole semester or that whole quarter two I was only taking two classes and working a bunch so after you know I graduated everybody was still in school and I was like what the fuck am I gonna do and I was really anxious and nervous about it so um, at that point I was like I was dating Lauren who you know and I was like I'm moving in with you Lauren we'll see where it goes Um, so I moved in with her and then was looking for jobs not having any success in what I studied and um decided to go back to Chicago to pursue um, a degree in sustainability. Like could do like a summer intensive program for a degree in sustainability or a certification in sustainability. So I did that. Um, and then I got my first job out, out of doing that, which was great. Started as like an internship. We were actually contracted to do a project for the school that I worked at and that turned into my first job. So from there, I was teaching after school programming uh, and then became the after school coordinator uh, for that organization. And then um, definitely got burned out by that really quickly. And then my mom and dad were like, why don't you just join our business? And I was like, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. That doesn't seem like success to me, right? In that moment, I was like, that seems like an easy <laughs> thing to do. 
so so finally with some coercing my mom was like you know i'll pay you this so you can still live at home you can do you know and all these things i was like that's just too good to pass up so joined the family biz did that for five years and then uh decided to have a, a quarter life crisis and go back to school you know? <laughs> that's what that's what led me to where i am now really i love it i love it yeah <laughs> Did you go back to DU? Where did you go back to school? And what was your degree? Uh, totally, yeah. So I went back to, uh, I did school online so I could work, which was amazing. I never thought I would enjoy online education so much. And at that point, um, you know, education and me, like, again, really didn't have the best um, relationship. But at that point, like going back to a certificate program that felt like grad school, I pushed myself so hard to just go the extra steps. I was like, if I don't get A pluses and everything, so I think I had to normalize to myself with going to therapy and, and kind of figuring out what success felt like that, um, you know, getting, getting A's wasn't the point. It was about, you know, what I could learn about myself through the situation. And again, more so about the relationships that I could build in school and that program uh, online, all online, all virtually. So um, it was really nice to be in that experience and, and just do really well and try really hard and accomplish what I wanted to do. And, and I did. So. You know, it took a year. I got my certificate in recreational therapy and went from there. And now what are you doing? Because this is what I get oh. so excited about. So for anybody that's listening, I adore Elliot and Lauren. I get so excited when I like actually see them in person because I always feel like <laughs> we're ships in the night, but we're, we're movers and shakers. And um, just like little fun fact, we met at this like it was an event, right? Like a support group called the Reciprocity Ring. And we right, were exactly. at, this, at this cigar bar, which <laughs> like, you know, it's just, it's funny. I think it's probably funnier for us, may not be as funny for anybody that's listening, but I think it's awesome. Um, yes. And so I just adore the two of you. So what are you guys doing? Yeah. yeah so, so we've been in business about a year, year and a half now, or a little bit less. And you know, it's, it's kind of just taken off. You know, we, we started, we we're hitting the ground running, met you last year or a little bit over a year. And from then made, made our, made ourselves unknown kind of forced to be reckoned with in the Boulder therapeutic realm. So, you know, our practice is full now. We've just been moving and shaking. Um, each of us have individual clients. We run group therapy and hopefully down the road, we'll start to make these nature retreats happen. So, um, yeah, we're called Connected Roots. We're in Boulder and uh, check us out for sure. Yeah. And for anybody that's listening, we'll make sure that we actually have the link in the notes so you can connect. A, you can see the website, but then you can actually connect directly with Elliot if you have any questions or um, want to just reach out, which I highly yeah. encourage you to do. So then I think it's, it's a good segue to me, like asking this like super pointed question, which is, do you see yourself as successful right now in your life? Yes, definitely. I feel extremely successful, you know, and what I'm doing and where I'm at, where I'm at. Um, it's taken some time to actually recognize and realize the success kind of the point where I pinch myself every day. And I'm like in a year and some a year and a half, like that, this happened that we you know, have a full practice and that we're kind of known and respected in the Boulder community is it's unbelievable. It's um, it just, it feels so good. And so righteous to know that the hard work that we put in to all the, all the things that we're doing has paid off, you know, and with the support of friends, family, clients, 
whoever who just consistently trust in us to provide the best support that we can for them. It's, it's the best feeling. Honestly, I wake up every morning and really am, am, am proud of myself for the first time in a really long time that I accomplished something that I set my mind out to do, um, you know, based on society and everything else. Both Lauren and I's uh, families come from, from a very um, successful family businesses. So for us to start something on our own and, and really feel like, you know, we have this kind of high bar to hit and to hit that and to just thrive has just been you know, unbelievable. Yes, the true definition of success right here, living and breathing, Elliot. <laughs> right? I love it. I love it. And I would say too, actually, if you're like super into podcasts, Elliot also hosts his own Hatted Therapist, which will also have a link in uh, the notes as well. To me, that's success. I think when you really put yourself out there and have conversations with people and like that curiosity and the networking, that just breeds the the growing of the business, right? The growing of the reputation and whatnot. So I I am you know, not stunned in the slightest that within a year and a half, you've got a full practice because you and Lauren both are just beautiful human beings. We're, we're trying our best. We're trying our best to be those people that, you know, I mean, we're human though, you know, and I think that's sometimes people forget is that, you know, they hear, you know, oh my God, your practice is full. That's amazing. It's such a good problem to have. And and, you know, and, and I'm like, yeah, it's a great problem to have. And it's also, you know, I struggle with that, too, in some ways, because if we're full, then we can't help other people or we can't work with other people. And it's it's all about now at this point, just just growing the connections and and trying to help other people find that success and whatever that looks like for them in their own subjective kind of way. So it's been really it's been really incredible to know that you know, it's, it's what our parents always say, you know, for the most part, your hard work pays off and our hard work has definitely paid off within the last year of just where we're at. And we couldn't have done it without everybody else. So, you know, it's, it's where we're at. Well, that was a very humble thing to say, right? It's the village building you up. And I would, I'll, I'll totally toot your horn and say, you guys are awesome. So, um, <laughs> well, we appreciate it. You're awesome too. <laughs> So thank you. Um, my One of the things that I actually like to wrap up the podcast with is asking um, the guest that we're interviewing to speak specifically and sharing one piece of advice to kind of that emerging adult who might be struggling. And I like to also leave that struggle, like in quote, struggling open to interpretation. So whether it's like you want to, you want to envision Elliot circa 18 years old, or if you want to think about even some of the clients that you're dealing with, what is one bit of advice that you would share with that struggling young adult right now? Yeah, I mean, I think one thing that I definitely learned throughout my 31 years of living is, is take advantage and seek help from people in your life, whether it be therapists, family, friends, anybody, just put down your mask and just recognize that you're not perfect. You have things that you need to work on. You have insecurities, you have things that, you know, get in the way and just to really reach out for help because there, there was, there was a moment where I was like, you know, Lauren, like, I know what I'm doing. We can do this. I have five years of business background. Your family's been in business a hundred years. Like we can do this. And I was strictly like almost smacked in the face to recognize that that's not true at all. So, you know, I found people that, you know, could mentor me, could give me advice, could, could create 
group organizations and groups like reciprocity to just like have that space to just to give and to ask and just have this amazing community built around like therapists in our case helping other therapists or whoever really be you know thoughtful in what they're doing and strive to do their best and that was that was one thing I think it was just so you know astronomical to where our success is now because um you know my stubborn self thought I could do anything and everything on my own and I was definitely hit with a brick wall a couple times in the first year of business of what that looks like you know like you said it's a village mentality and I I thank everyone every day that's helped me get where I am and in this situation to really to recognize that so I appreciate that piece of advice about telling people that like we live, we live in an era, especially with social media, where presentation tends to lend its hand with showing up as, you know, everything in your life is sunshine and rainbows. And, you know, like you have this, it's a mirage, essentially this perfectionistic mirage. And the reality is as humans, it's not even like on a daily basis, we're talking about moment to moment. We have these ups and downs and it's so imperative to ask for help. And that ends up, you know, the, the biggest growth to come when you actually ask for help. Yeah, and that's, that's one thing, you know, I, clients always look at us and they're like, they put us on this pedestal in some regards of like, oh my God, you two have made it. And like, you know, you're living the life. And I'm like, you know, the first six months of this business, financially, you know, our relationship between me and Lauren was the worst. Like that literally, you know, drained everything from us. Um, like we hit rock bottom. Absolutely. The first, I mean, we had no clients. I mean, we we're trying to run a business for the first six months of, of being open with three people. I mean, that's, you can't live on that, you know? So we had to live with friends and those friends supported us and were able to give us an opportunity to save money and, I mean, if we didn't have people like that in our lives, we would be broke, you know, and, and not living on the street, obviously, because our families, I think, would help us in that regard. But, you know, the sense of like, we just had those supportive people in our lives that, you know, just saw what we could do, saw our vision and our mission and just literally were like, you can do this, you two, just keep on pushing. And we did. Yeah, proof, proof in the pudding completely. So literally. there you have it, folks. Elliot, thank you for chatting and speaking to kind of your, your journey to where you are today and giving that advice to anybody that's listening that it's so paramount to success in life to ask for help. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. Of course. it for this week's success is subjective episode stay tuned for our next episode where you can bet it'll be another amazing human sharing their very personal story with the world you can follow me joanna on instagram at lily consulting and on facebook at lily consulting llc most importantly though check out the resources link on my website at lilyconsulting.com and that's l-i-l-l-e-y consulting.com or you can just search on google for lily consulting you can also download and subscribe to listen to the success is subjective interviews on any popular podcast app such as apple podcasts google podcasts iHeartRadio, soundcloud spotify stitcher and tune in radio make sure you check out the show notes where you'll find contact information, website details, links to articles, and all social media for our guest. 
Once again, thank you to parenttrainers.com for sponsoring this podcast series. And thank you, our listener, for tuning in. And remember, there is no single path through life. Success is what you make it.